an article, activekids.com, that ate kid snacks that are shockingly unhealthy. Shockingly. Shockingly. I'm going to be shocked over yeah. this. Welcome to Middleish, the podcast about moderation in all things. I am Erin Green. And I am Michael Gray. Hello. Hello, Erin. How are you? I am doing well. Yeah? I'm glad to yes. be here. I, I was telling Erin before we officially kicked this off. I feel like it's been a long, it hasn't been that long, but it feels like a long time since we've done this. So I'm excited to be here. As opposed I to know. usual, I'm like, ugh. But today, <laughs> yeah, getting that third cup of coffee just to get you through this. I know it is. It is earlier than normal. <laughs> yes, but that's all right. I got kids, so you know I'm kind of used to it. Yeah, I guess. How's things? <laughs> well, and summertime, your summer schedule is probably pretty crazy. Kids it's all over, and yeah, because everybody's on vacation except me. <laughs> yeah. And so then you're like the routine. I have so many friends with school age kids that are like, you know, summertime is really fun. There's a lot of activities. Mm -hmm. They enjoy having a little more free time with their kids, but then they still have like their schedule that they've worked so hard to get nice and, you know, like they're predictable and Uh all of a sudden shit goes out the window and they're Mm -hmm. just like, okay, I love this, but I also hate it. Yeah, it's it's tricky. <laughs> so to all the parents out there listening, we see you. Yes. <laughs> and have fun with your kids this summer, but also know yes. that it is totally okay for you to be relieved when school starts again in the mm-hmm. fall. <laughs> yes. And just some advice that I have found helpful, and you may already be doing this, but if not, I have found that carving out like a few 10, 15, 20 minute like little interactions during the workday of just real intentional energy and focus and attention goes a long way. Like mm. you give them 10, 15 minutes of like dialed in and they're good. They'll leave you, you know, they'll, they'll let you work for a while. They'll leave you alone, let, not bother you. And in the afternoon, give them some more time. It really helps just like phone down only them. Let's go. And then they're good for a while. So I like that. That's yeah. really good. Good advice. Hey, I have yeah. it every now and then. Nice job, Michael. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Give yourself a pat on the back. And I think this is um it's funny that we kind of started on this topic about parents and kids and conversations because a lot of what we'll talk about today has to do with like feeding kids mm-hmm. and yeah. Um kind of that theme because well, if those of you who listened to our February episode Fear Factor, um this is a sequel sequel and part two you you might have noticed how animated michael and i got talking <laughs> about these influencers and that we were both just like man we should really we should really do an episode mm-hmm. um highlighting the low of the the lowest like <laughs> the, the bottom scum, feeder influencers the, yes the the scum on the <laughs> like boil on the butt of social media which is those influencers who prey on parents of children. Yeah, butt boil scum. That's what they are. <laughs> butt boil scum. Butt boil scum. We're talk about the BBSs. <laughs> of TikTok and Instagram. Welcome to our show. Welcome to the show. Yeah, <laughs> so we did this. We did this in February, and um, we had a pretty good outline of things we'd like to talk about. And I don't think we got through half of it because I think if anything is going to get Aaron and I off on a ranty tangent, uh, it's, it's this kind of stuff. It's people just, you know, like really fear mongering around food and making things more difficult and more confusing and just like accuse you of like murdering your family slowly. Like it's just insane and ridiculous and so incredibly like harmful and often like not even accurate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so yeah. So this could be the same situation. I know. So <laughs> and I think we'll know, probably do this, I don't know, what, twice a year maybe? Fear <laughs> fear factor. It feels like it should just be well, a recurring just thing. So 
Yeah, it never ends. So endless material. So mm-hmm. much, so much fodder out there. And I, so I make it a point not to follow these accounts because I don't, I want to pick and choose when I allow that negativity into my life, you know? So if I have to be on social media for work reasons, or if I want to like unwind for personal reasons on social media, I don't want to be having that like visceral response watching some dumbass influencer, Mm -hmm. you know, saying something that is harmful and misinformed and misleading. So I tend to find these from people who I follow that have really good content, but their content is geared toward Mm -hmm. like highlighting this misinformation and pointing it out. So yeah, that's how I find them. I always, I always wreck my algorithm when like we do stuff like this, because (laughs) like I go to certain people's pages that I know of, you know, to like find like specific content or a video I saw or something, something stitched or whatever. And but then for like the next two weeks, it's like they're constantly popping up because, you know, TikTok or Instagram's like, hey, mm-hmm. you, you you went to these people's page. Obviously, you want to see it. It's like, oh, man. Yeah. I so you got to retrain the algorithm. Yeah. yeah to exactly. get to weed out the crap again. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know how yeah. that goes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, let's just start with the probably <laughs> the most inflammatory one that I have found yet. And this is it's going to go gasoline right on the fire, right from the start. We're just going to go straight. We're going to go straight to booby. (laughs) So, (laughs) so Bobby is this influencer, his um, TikTok and Instagram is Flave City. Don't go watch his shit. Just Mm -hmm. don't. But I'm just telling you because I actually um, one of my good friends that I ride with regularly um, just commented the other day, we were talking about my own, you know, social media um, mm-hmm. accounts and kind of how I want to grow them and do different content and, you know, what to do. And she's like, oh, you should go look at, like, there's these people that walk around grocery stores and like talk about food products and they have like millions of views. There's this one guy that, you know, I've seen some of his videos and I was just like, please don't. Please and don't I tell do me not, it's Flave City. Dare say it. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, please don't tell me it's Bobby from Flave City. And he talks about all the ingredients you should not be eating. Uh-huh. And she's like, yeah, I think that's him. She's like, I'm not saying he's he's good or he's right, but he's got something because he gets hundreds of thousands of views on every video. And I'm just like, I I mean, we're climbing a hill, like I'm out of breath. And I found the energy to <laughs> rant against this guy in the middle of the ride because I was like, this guy is full of shit. So the algorithm works the way it's intended, which is to put things in front of you that you seem to show interest in. Mm-hmm. The problem with this, and we talked about this in the first Fear Factor episode, the problem is people tend to be motivated by fear and we tend to be programmed to look for and identify fearful things and threats more than we will positive influences or helpful information or safe information. And so unfortunately we will look toward these different, you know, this different content that, that instills fear. And that's how Flave City has made his platform is by Mm -hmm. showing people all these things they should be afraid of. And he, there's one, there's one video in particular that I found when we were planning the first episode that I was like, oh my gosh, this guy has, and as food science babe says, he clearly has no idea what he's talking about. And I mean, she's a food scientist. So the premise of the video is, pretty short. He is going through baby formulas. And I said in the first episode that I think (laughs) I didn't say the scum of the boil on the butt of social media, but that's Uh pretty accurate. People who prey on parents and target like child feeding and child nutrition, especially babies. I worked at WIC for 11 years. I know how parents are um, viscerally affected by Mm. like wanting to take care of their children and wanting to do the best by their children and their babies. Yeah. Can I just interrupt real quick? Like, but also they're exhausted and they're often financially strapped and often there's just Mm -hmm. one of them. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, so it's easy to say these things in like a vacuum, 
But as soon as you're like the reality of what it's like to be a parent and have children, like all of that goes out the window. You know what I mean? So I just wanted to throw that in there too. Yes. Thank you. That's a really good point. And I think that's why I get so upset with people preying on parents and preying on like the child nutrition Mm -hmm. aspect, because like you just pointed out, there's so much more to being a parent than making your child scratch made ketchup or like, you know, your own homemade popsicles or like whatever the el- mm. fuck else you get from social media. Mm-hmm. This guy um, was talking about infant formulas. So he's, he's railing against like standard baby formulas and he ends up recommend because he says that they have GMO corn syrup in them. Well, they do have corn syrup in them. That's because it is affordable. We have corn subsidies in the U.S. And yes, we have GMO corn, but I think we established in the last discussion that GMO has morphed into this big, scary thing when it actually is not a big, scary thing. It has Mm -hmm. been shown to be safe for human ingestion. And so when we have certain products and there are only, I think there's nine products in the U.S. that have GMO like component, like a Mm. counterpart. So there's non-GMO and there's GMO for like nine food products in the U.S. So when you see people raving about this doesn't have GMOs, whatever, it's probably because there's no GMO counterpart. So just to say that. It's like when you see like the jar of salsa that says gluten-free, it's like, well, why would there be gluten in this? I know. That it makes sense. Or or pretzels that are labeled fat-free. And you're like, like, well, because pretzels are fat-free. Like, yeah, because that's all of them. Because, <laughs> okay. Um, so he goes on to talk about these formulas and how bad they are and how it destroys baby's gut microbiome and all these things that I could pick apart everything he says as being, um, I mean, he talks about corn syrup is, quote, the opposite of glucose when actually it's not because it has, it actually is (laughs) the primary carbohydrate and food science babe does a great job of explaining this. The primary carbohydrate in corn syrup actually is made up of glucose. So it just needs to be broken apart into. It's kind of like most sweeteners, right? It just all breaks down to glucose. Yeah. (laughs) The body doesn't give a shit. (laughs) he goes on. So he sets the stage, right? Like, oh, the cows have been fed GMO soy and, and it has canola oil and all this other stuff. So then he goes to recommend these other formulas that are like $50 a can. And one of them still has sunflower oil as the main fat. And remember these people really love to rail against seed oils, especially sunflower. Like they go hard. But you have to do this. So he's like flashing the cans around in the grocery store. He's not like, he's like kind of showing you like little Mm -hmm. glimpses of the ingredients. But then you, I went to the website. Like I went and looked up the brands he's recommending. One of them is a toddler formula. This is important people because infants need specific nutrients in specific amounts Mm -hmm. in the right solution, meaning like the right amount of water to the nutrients and like that osmolality matters. And when you recommend a toddler formula for an infant, you are likely to recommend malnutrition. And if, if it goes on for a long time without complementary foods, you're looking at severe malnutrition. Mm -hmm. So the fact that this guy just throws out there buy this really expensive formula and it's a toddler formula to me that just his credibility is completely gone at that point i'm like does he realize he's recommending a toddler formula i I, probably i don't know i don't know that he knows there's a difference i mean i think i i just i think like people like him and i mean so many of the people we'll talk about today all of the scum on the butt boils um like they just have they have a little bit of knowledge. Well, it's not knowledge. They have a little bit of information that is usually incorrect, right? And then they apply that in just all kinds of broad stroke ways, right? Mm-hmm. Like without any understanding of any of the chemistry behind it, the needs for different populations and demographics, limitations, accessibility. It's just like, oh, I heard this. And so now let me go do something real clickbaity to get likes and get attention and build, you know, 
I don't even think these people are, I don't know, maybe they have good intentions, but it sure seems like they're more interested in the explosion of uh, responses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they they just take this little bit of information that's usually incorrect and then supply it in mass in all kinds of ways. And that's a really bad way to approach nutrition. That's a really bad way to think about what should I or should I not eat? Because every one of us has very unique special circumstances. That's the way, what it means to be a person, right? That's how we exist. And everybody's different, right? Like I'm a diabetic. I need to eat differently than someone who has, you know, Crohn's disease or someone who has whatever, right? Like that's just, that's just the way it works. And so they take these tiny bits of information and say, here is the specific recommendation for everyone. And immediately that is an indicator that someone's not thinking very critically, that someone's not mm-hmm. really, the old thinker isn't working like it should. And um, and as soon as someone's doing that kind of stuff, that, that to me, that's an immediate, like, no, just, they may say some accurate things. It's not worth waiting through what's inaccurate and accurate. Uh, because you're probably getting a lot of stuff that just really isn't thought through and is wildly inaccurate and misappropriately used. Misappropriately. Yeah. That's not a right word. Inappropriately. inappropriately. Yeah, misappropriately. Yeah. I'm going to say misappropriately. <laughs> probably a word. Bottom. Now who's the idiot? <laughs> <clears throat> I like new words. We make up yeah. words like fairly it. regularly on here. Yeah, like um, butt boil scum. Butt boil scum. Mm-hmm. So just to follow up, there are um, nine commercially available GMO crops in the U.S. So GMO, remember, just stands for genetically modified organism. It's going in and just like snipping a certain gene in an organism to, you know, um, help it survive disease or drought Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, help it adjust to our changing climate or something like that. So there's soybeans, corn, canola, cotton, alfalfa, sugar beets, summer squash, papaya, and potatoes. Those are the nine of them. Oh God. Not eat cotton. Bobby. Yep. If Bobby had it his way, that's what he would, he would tell you. But, um, and I believe I pinned this article. I, I added it to our show notes, um, for the last episode, but I'll add it again. Okay. It just talks cool. about, you know, GMO free. So, mm-hmm. um, I think one of the things that, that really gets me about these influencers is I go to, because I sat across from parents for years and talk to the parents. Mm-hmm. I'm picturing the parent on the other side of that video that's being told that what they are giving their child or their baby is harmful or poisonous mm-hmm. or setting them up for a lifetime of health risk. And I'm thinking about what is that parent feeling or thinking about themselves in this moment? Right. And as you pointed out, some parents have budget constraints, time constraints, resources, you know, limited resources. And all of a sudden this parent is like, shit, I'm damaging my child because I'm giving them this stuff. And that is extra stress that the parent Mm -hmm. doesn't need. Parents have enough stuff to worry about. They do not need to have some bloviating butt boil influencer telling them to buy a $50 can of formula that's only going to last them like a week. Yeah. I just can't, I can't. Yeah. And it's not even, it's, it's like, not even that like, Hey man, you're, you're making people feel like guilty for doing what they can, but it's, you're making people feel guilty for doing what they can. And you're not right. Like it's not even correct information. You know what I mean? It'd be one thing if it was like accurate and like, you know, but it's not even accurate. It's just, it's just flat out wrong. So you have parents who are scared of like literally harming their children while they're like, my best effort is killing my child. And that's not even accurate. It's like, yeah. I mean, what a piece of shit. Well, and despair, despair has got to be like one of the worst feelings and despair. I mean, generally will come from a situation where you feel like there is no solution. Mm -hmm. You have no control. You, yes, you have no influence over what is unfolding in your life and it's going down a bad road and there is just absolutely no hope in changing it. That's what you're, and, and I know some people might think like, oh, it's not that bad. It is because I'm telling you, I've sat across from these parents 
and I've heard their stories and I've heard the struggles. And if nothing can bring out empathy in me, then sitting across from a parent who is doing their very best and they are told by somebody that their best is not enough. And that is effed. It's totally messed up. So. And even if for you, it's like, ah, oh, it's not that bad. Great. Maybe it's not for you, but quit applying your situation to everybody else. Like that's one of the dumbest things we can do is assume that my experience and limitations and strengths are everybody's. So if someone says it's not cool, maybe it's not cool to them. So how about you shut up and listen? Yeah. So <laughs> I have another Bobby one. If you want me to keep going on this Flav City, yeah, we rant. can. This this might be the rest of the episode. Like, I... <laughs> so his latest one <laughs> is him walking through grocery stores. So Flav City has this thing, Bobby approved, that he he talks about ingredients that are Bobby approved, and he has this whole list. And I don't even know what it is, but you get the idea. We already highlighted some of it. Clever so marketing. He goes, yeah goes around the grocery store with his young daughter i'm not sure her age i'm guessing from the video she's four Four or five ish five yeah pretty young and he's showing her these products and listing off the ingredients and saying oh this has this many grams of sugar is that bobby approved and she's like no and oh this has all these starches in it are these bobby approved no so he's teaching her First of all, that his assessment of what is right and wrong is what she should always be following. Mm-hmm. He's also teaching her that these very specific ingredients should be completely eliminated from the diet. So he's teaching her severe restriction in mm-hmm. the food world. Obsession. Now, yes. Yeah. And can I just point out that around this age, like up to age, like five, six, like those young preschool years is when the foundation of food beliefs are established and food Mm -hmm. attitudes. I know this from the research I've done on disordered eating and from being an expert in child nutrition, working in that field for over 11 years. This is a really formative time for that Mm -hmm. child to, to establish her food beliefs And we have evidence that says parents who are hyper-restrictive around food and have more food rules tend to impart poor self-regulation in their children. So children don't listen to their bodies and know how much to eat and know when they've had enough. And they also, um, children are more likely to gravitate toward, you know, those foods that Mm -hmm. are being restricted. So the fact that he, and I mean, my gosh, he got raked over the coals for that one in the social media world, because there are all these dietitians, doctors, Mm -hmm. you know, child psychologists that are out there going, first of all, you're exploiting your child for clicks. Mm -hmm. Secondly, what you're teaching her is to like you're grooming her to be like hyper-focused on food and possibly even develop something like orthorexia, like this hyper-focus on health of food. And it's not even based in fact. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's when, when you played that video for me, my thought was, oh, we're seeing like the birth of an eating disorder. Mm. (laughs) Like, here we go. Here's where it starts. Right. Yeah. I mean, she's going to be 30 years old. I remember my dad dragging me through the grocery store and making me say, you know, this stuff. And I mean, the the obsession of like, can I just say that unless you have like, like a, a, a real intolerance or allergy or something, um, you know, something specific you need to look out for, you don't need to go to the grocery store and look at ingredients. Like you don't need mm-hmm. to read through those to see if a food is safe for you to eat or okay for you to eat or for your children to eat. It's just okay. Like, yeah, you want to, you know, sure. We want to get lots of fruits and vegetables. Absolutely. We all do. Cause that's good for us. Right. But we can eat Cheetos and popsicles and cookies too. And everything's going to be just fine. You're not poisoning your child. You're not poisoning anyone. Yes. So yeah, we can just knock that off. Yes. And yeah. the other option, not only could she realize the damage that's been done and have to work through that at a later time. The other option is that she follows in his footsteps and Mm -hmm. continues promoting this misinformation and continues that fear mongering for the Mm -hmm. next generation of parents 
which is equally as vile and damaging. Yeah. yeah. Um, in and fact, that's what most of us do, be, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, as parents, and I am not a parent, but as parents, as adults, we influence our mm -hmm. child's belief system, their behaviors, their attitudes toward food. And what I think what really gets me about this is he he doesn't seem to have any regard in this video for her like talking about like what she likes or tastes or you know asking her her opinion like trying mm -hmm. to help instill any kind of like autonomy or critical thinking and as you pointed out she is like completely disinterested in this she like, does not care you? what's happening yeah. at all <laughs> she's like why are you ruining our trip to the store <laughs> and it and i'm not going to say what he said because i don't know you know, like beforehand, but it sure seems like he's like, Hey, when I ask you this question, just say no. Cause she's like not paying attention at all. And then he says something, she's like, no. And then goes back to twirling and like, you know, like four or five, like, I don't give a shit yeah. what you're talking about dad. Shut up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and just again, to point out that hyper restriction for children does not work. So when we see parents, you know, I can get on board with parents wanting to see their children eat nutritious foods mm -hmm. to want to see, you know, to understand like, Hey, my child gravitates toward say starches and carbohydrates and doesn't eat enough protein. I understand the concerns there and there are qualified professionals that can help with that while preserving the integrity of food relationship and allowing your child to explore all foods mm -hmm. in a very safe and autonomous way with you as their guide. But we see over and over that pressure and restriction do not work with child feeding. They just mm -hmm. don't work. We see that children are less likely to regulate their appetite that way and actually pay attention to what their body's telling them. And we tend to see like a more, um, you know, affinity toward some of those highly palatable foods that are restricted. And remember, mm -hmm. sugar is highly palatable, mm -hmm. especially for kids. Mm -hmm. And so when we're super restricting, you know, sweet foods and those reward foods and whatever, you're creating this foundation of belief that like, oh, I need to eat those whenever they're available. Oh, and I need to eat all I can get because I'm mm -hmm. not allowed to have like, any adult who has food relationship issues can relate to what I'm saying right now. Yep. And I bet you it started somewhere in childhood. So, yep. Yep. In fact, it's, it's interesting, like, you know, talking to clients who really struggle with their relationship with food, how often they have like very specific memories from childhood around, you know, comments about their food rules around food um, comments you know, about their bodies, like they, it, man, it matters what you say. It matters like, like how you just structure things because kids don't know, like kids, they just believe in their parents, right? They're the adults. They know what's going on. I trust them. I love them. They're right. And so when you have things set in place for years, like kids, they don't even think to question it. Like my parents, right you know? And so like, if you're an adult with kids listening to this, like think about the struggles you've had with food and where those stem from and then go, huh, am I in, in any way unintentionally imparting this or similar things to my child? Because you probably are. And that's not a judgment. That's just, let's be real about it. Right? Like I am constantly going like saying things and being like, wait, what am I that? Oh, I'm communicating this to my children. Hold on. Let's back up. Mm. I said this, but that's not what I meant. Right. Like it's not a judgment because I mean, I, I'm screwing this up all the time, but I think if we're aware of it, when we realize we do it, let's go correct it because otherwise we're going to probably not even to the same degree that you had it probably even more so because these things kind of work like they kind of compound, right? Um, your kid's going to have a very messed up backwards relationship with food, just like you did. So it's, it's really important to, to take some time and be aware of what am I communicating? What are the things I'm saying, you know, verbally or just through actions or rules or guidelines or whatever. And how do those things play out, you know, down their life? What am I setting them up for? Am I setting them yes. up to 
restrict and obsess and count and measure. And, you know, like, am I setting them up to that or am I setting them up to trust their body a little bit better than I did so that they can hand that down to the next generation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And to your point, children tend to be very black and white, concrete thinkers. They want boundaries, yeah. rules, like they need to know this is good. This is bad. So they have that dichotomous thinking mm-hmm. and the, the more nuanced, um, you know, spectrum gray area kind of thinking and that critical thinking really doesn't come into play until later on in their brain development. Yeah. So as parents, it's our job to find the nuance. So when we hear things about sugar is bad, like we get all this messaging, sugar mm-hmm. in kids is so bad. We need to limit added sugars. I get questions from parents all the time about limiting added sugars for their children. Yeah. And my messaging is, well, first of all, we need to look at the entire context of the diet. So if your child is eating a large amount of sugary foods as snacks or Mm -hmm. skipping meals in favor of sugary foods, that kind of stuff, then we need to maybe create some boundaries around, you know, we have like, example, my same friend that was talking about like the Flav City video, we were talking about how sometimes, you know, like, how do you do that? Like, how do you, how do you impart like healthy behaviors on kids, but without teaching them that like, quote, sugar is bad, or you've had Mm -hmm. too much sugar. And my suggestion was, well, okay, let's say you, you know, went to the zoo with your kids and they had cotton candy and caramel corn and all these snacks and whatever. And then they come home and they want like a popsicle before dinner or something. All you have to say is something to the effect of, you know, well, we're going to have this for dinner. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to have these foods. You don't have to say, oh, we've had enough sugar for the day, or you don't have to say that's bad or that's too much. All you have to say is like, you know, I would like some different flavors or we're going to have these foods for dinner Mm -hmm. and we can have a popsicle tomorrow. Like that's all you have to say. So just helping children understand that, like, first of all, you're the one who's the menu planner. And Mm -hmm. like you said, Michael, they look to the parent for this guidance you don't have to place judgment on food and you don't have to teach them that quote sugar is bad or you can't have too much. All you have to do is create the right environment and just explain like, you know, we need nutrients from other foods too. Like all foods are good and we need to, you know, get a little more variety or, Hey, mom would like to have, like teach them that your preferences as a parent are just Mm -hmm. as important as their preferences as a child. So anyway, well, and two, you know, I, we had this experience with Sophie just recently, who's, she's just kind of been in a phase where it's just like, I just want to eat sweets and, you know, like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And she had a couple of days where she had just a, a really larger than normal amount of sweet foods and felt sick in the evening, you know? And so we just, we talk about that. Hey, do you remember the other day? You know, like when you had several sweet things throughout the day. Do you remember how you felt at the end of the day? Like, yeah, I felt my tummy hurt. Yeah. You know, like that's your body saying, okay, maybe we need some other things in here aside from just these, you know, like let's listen to our bodies and what it's communicating with us. And these things are great to eat. They're fun to eat, but too much of anything could, you know, maybe not be the best thing. And your body's telling you like, Ooh, can we back off on that and maybe have some other stuff, you know? And so just moments like, like, I think some people would freak out about the fact that there were a few days where she ate a bunch of sugary stuff. One, no day in your life can be so important with the food you eat that it's going to ruin or set up. I mean, it just, it doesn't matter. One day does not matter. Also, it's been a great learning experience for her to go like, oh, my body is talking to me. You know, like when I eat a lot of, you know, fruit snacks and popsicles and, you know, grab some candy out of the pantry, then my body says, "Mm, that hurts our tummy. That's like too much, you know, just kind of feel sick. What a wonderful learning experience for them to go like, oh, my body's communicating to me what I need or don't need or what it wants. I mean, that's a great thing. So to have these moments where it seems like you could freak out about it. I don't know, maybe it's a really good opportunity to learn from it. You know, maybe it's a good opportunity to like, let your kids explore and discover things. Because when we have the opportunity to explore and discover, we, we, we get to learn, right? Like, like if we have 
like hard and fast guidelines around food and restrictions Like kids aren't learning anything. They're just trying to tick the boxes. It's like when we have really restrictive diets, right? We're not learning anything about ourselves. We're not learning how to trust our bodies or eat better or anything like that. We're just learning to tick the boxes and anything outside of that we're lost. That's the way kids are, right? Like if we have these very rigid rules around food, then they're not learning how to trust their bodies or what different foods do or how the the how the 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 positives that different foods can have including sweets right um they're just learning oh just tick the boxes whereas if we can explore and do things where oh i kind of felt sick after that and we can talk about it then then we're actually learning how to be more intuitive and and eat more um you know just kind of in response to what our body's communicating with us i love that and and one more point on that, that the parent's attitude towards certain foods really can impact the child's like self-evaluation of eating. Mm -hmm. So if the parent says, makes comments about sugar or too much of this, or this is a bad food or whatever, the child, and this is as young, I'm looking at a study from four and a half years to six and a half years old. These are young children. These aren't teenagers. This happens at yeah. a young age where children are observing and they're looking to the parent for certain modeling and messaging and to have this like fear imparted on them about certain foods can really impact their self-evaluation of choosing the foods. And then we get into the morality of right. choosing certain foods, which these fear mongers, the the scummy butt boils of social media are mm -hmm. really good about you're a bad person, you're evil, and you're, you're killing an evil your children. Parent, yes, it's so fucked up. Like, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so just know that like your children will internalize this, and mm -hmm. they will, yeah, like, yeah. oh. Well, that's the thing about like fear around food <clears throat> is fear around food and morality with food they go hand in hand. Like you don't ever have to connect them. They obviously go together. If there's something that you are supposed to be afraid of because it's bad, what does that say if we eat those things? Like it's, it doesn't even need to be communicated. It's obvious, right? And kids make that connection. And so instantly, if there's foods to be afraid of, then there are, there's a hierarchy of foods and there's morality built into them. And you're a good person if you eat these and you're a bad person if you eat these. I mean, it, it's not like any kind of big leap. It just makes sense. Those things go hand in hand. So yeah. as soon as there's like, oh, don't eat these because this is bad. This is scary. Then your kids go, oh, okay. So my uh, worth, you know, my morality as a person is at least in part like decided by what I choose to eat. And I mean, again, eating disorder in the making, right? Like just, I mean, mm -hmm. as just like that. That's how quick it happens. That's how easy it happens. Yeah. Okay. Ah. Well. Did you have, um, yeah, I mean, I, I have some more examples, but let's go to one of yours. Well, yeah. So let's keep it on the topic of kids. Maybe this would just be the whole episode is about kids. I had some other stuff from a few dumbasses. Oh, but... we, we can do another episode on. <laughs> That's what's funny. It's like the butt boils so... the TikTok. <laughs> Every time we do a fear factor episode, we're going to add things, but still not to get to everything. This list is just going to get longer. <laughs> we're never going to yeah. get to everything. We'll have to do yep. like a four hour episode. Um, okay. So this is from activekids.com. Um, an article, eight kid snacks that are shockingly unhealthy, right? Like not even just dun, unhealthy, dun, dun. but it's going to blow your mind how bad these are. <laughs> Okay. So we don't, we can, well, yeah, let's just, so first one is applesauce. <laughs> oh my like, gosh. Like of all and the I, things. <laughs> I recommend this all the time. <laughs> applesauce. I and the, the reasoning is because like a lot of applesauce is added a little sugar to like make it a little more palatable, right? Like a little more to, like delicious, right? Cause plain applesauce, I like it, but I get why people don't. It's not like super interesting, right? Mm -hmm. So a little sugar, kids eat it more. They're getting all, you know, they're getting good fiber. They're getting all the vitamins and nutrients and minerals of, you know, apples and that kind of stuff. And a little bit of sugar's not going to hurt anybody. But this is, you know, one of the top eight shockingly unhealthy things that a kid can eat: applesauce. Yeah. And the headline 
sets the stage, doesn't it? So when Uh we get these messages from social media or from like a website, a lot of it is like to, to really get that fear and that kind of, you know, scare tactic going. And this happens right in the headline. Mm -hmm. I love, I love the second, I mean, all of these, I'm just like shaking my head because again, I get that parents want to see their children eating nutrient dense foods. I get that. And I do have some really great influencers you can follow that do a beautiful job of illustrating this in their content without instilling fear into the parent or the child. At the same time, I look at all of these foods and I'm like, these can totally fit into a healthy eating pattern. And eating is not just about health. Let me say it again. It is not just about the nutrition value of the food. There's lots of different reasons we eat and there are lots of different reasons children eat. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's okay to enjoy things you eat. Like totally okay. That was really all right. Uh, number two, yogurt. So, I mean, first of all, like it's yogurt's a pretty good source of uh, protein, right? Uh, it's got got a lot of good stuff in it. So the again, I mean, all of these, the reason is the sugar in them. Like that's the only reason that they're saying any of these are shockingly unhealthy. So it's funny because they talk about like flavored yogurts, you know, and they have added sugar. So the alternative is eat uh, plain yogurt, which yeah, fuck off. Like what Get kid a wants child to, eat to eat? And if you need <laughs> to sweeten it sure. with honey, I'm like, oh, so add sugar. Yeah. Got it. So don't eat the yogurt with added sugar, but eat the sugar, the yogurt without, and then add sugar. Okay. And full that confession, I have, I have made that suggestion to parents and to clients in case they want to maybe pick and choose how much sweetness mm-hmm. they add. Or sometimes if you have the sweetness like drizzled on the top, you get just a different flavor experience. So it's not saying that honey on plain yogurt is a bad no. practice, but the, the logic, the, uh, yeah, is co- like, you're still adding sugar yeah. <laughs> to the yogurt. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're doing. And if if your kid's making it, they're probably going to add a ton so it doesn't taste like crap. You know what I mean? Like we, Mm -hmm. uh, like in my house growing up, we, until probably I was in middle school, maybe, or maybe high school, like we never had sugary cereals, right? Like it was, it was rare. And we'd have like grape nuts and all bran and maybe, maybe honey nut Cheerios. Maybe some ground up cardboard. But you know what I would do? I would pour myself a bowl of grape nuts. And I would put like six tablespoons of sugar on it. We did the same thing. Why wouldn't you? Because we're like, it tastes awful. Yeah. And now it tastes good. And this milk is awesome afterwards. So, I mean, you know, you can uh, avoid this type of stuff, but a lot of times you're just, it's, you're not really doing anything. Yeah. And so the third one is cereal, you know, the same thing. It's sugar, 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 despite like, yeah, it's super affordable. It's quick in a pinch. It's fortified with vitamins, you know, and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. Energy bars, again, sugar, sugar, sugar. Uh, okay, I guess what sugar is energy, uh, you know. So I know. I, I don't know what you're <laughs> what doing did you here. expect? Yeah, uh, fruit snacks. Um, I mean, a package of fruit snack. What is like eighty calories? <laughs> like, yeah, it's not you, much. You can't have eighty calories of any food and have it be unhealthy, especially for a right. kid. It's gone in about twelve seconds. Like, right. I mean, they're burning through everything all the time. And like, come on. I mean, I'll say like none of you know fruit snacks are are not the same as eating whole fruit. You mm-hmm. get a different nutrient profile. Totally valid and fine, but I. I don't think this belongs on a shockingly unhealthy food list. Like when or I even a sh- snack to avoid list. Yeah. Like yeah. mix it in. And again, as the parent, you get to make the decision if, okay, my child has plowed through like three packages of fruit snacks today. Maybe I should rein that in yeah. or like the, the next day, maybe I'm going to have some fresh fruit and offer that as an alternative and just say like, you know, we're going to save some fruit snacks for tomorrow instead. Like mm-hmm. that's all it takes. Yeah. 
And and we're talking about a snack. We're not talking about like you said, like every single time they eat. Yeah, if like they had a day full of just fruit snacks and you know Captain Crunch, okay, yeah, we should probably have some other things in there. Also, they're probably not going to feel great. But like that's not what we're talking. These are these are snacks. These are things you just like have like you know randomly throughout the day. And like Aaron's saying, if I mean if you have a even moderately like adequate, you know, menu for the day that includes, you know, some fruits and vegetables, like you're going to be fine, a hundred percent fine, you know, eating any of these. Uh, then we have juice, which, okay. You know, like sugar, 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 hundred calorie snack should, packs. Yeah. This list should just be like fear mongering against sugar for parents. One oh one. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, I, I know. It's all the same thing. It's like, okay. Uh, 100 calorie snack packs. Again, like 100 calories, like eat 100 calories of anything. And it's. Yeah. Negligible in the grand nothing scheme of ever nutrition will happen. and health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or even negligible in the course of a day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like 100 calories is nothing. Have you ever had one of those like 100 calorie, like little cookie packs? It's like yeah. six cookies that are like. There's not this much thick. going on. There's nothing yeah. there. And the last one is peanut butter, which just pisses me off. Like, yeah, we talked about this on our last yeah, fear, so, fear factor. Okay. Does natural peanut butter, like just, just ground peanuts have less sugar? Sure. It's also a lot more expensive, right? It's not like accessible everywhere. Um, peanut butter, like just Jif, you know, is super calorie dense. It's way more affordable. Um, Kids love it. It's a, I mean, it's, yeah. And again, the only reason they're saying this is because added sugar to it, which is like, I, I, I could not care less about that. You know, it's not like there's a cup and a half of sugar in a jar of peanut butter. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, context matters here. And mm-hmm. one of the things I talk to parents about with added sugar is, well, let's just take an objective look at where those added sugars are coming from and what nutrient package mm-hmm. they're associated with. So like yogurt, peanut butter, energy bars, you know, things like that, you're, you're really going to get some other very nutrients that are valuable for that child eating that sweetened thing that makes it more palatable. And I've said this before, I'll say it again. It's only nutrition if you eat it. So Mm -hmm. for those parents that get so worried about, oh, I've got to get more veggies into my kid. I've got to get more protein into my kid. I've got to get less sugar in. I've got to get them away from those, those snacks. I've got to stop them eating that stuff. Well, first of all, I hope that, you know, I pointed out that the research says that's not a, a yeah. very good strategy. It backfires. But secondly, you have to look at like what other nutrients you're likely taking out of your child mm-hmm. by avoiding that sugar or that, you know, vilified, Mm -hmm. um, product. And one of the things I struggle with when I'm working with young athletes, like I've worked with school age athletes all the way into teenage years, if they are brought up in a very health conscious household where they don't have access to highly palatable, quick processed, you know, with sugar Mm -hmm. added high calorie snacks and options, they're likely to be undernourished. And that's not saying that the parents not doing their job or they're, oh, they're eating too much, whatever. It's because they don't have the right kinds of foods accessible and ready mm-hmm. to get into their bodies and they need more nutrition. Vegetables, whole grains, low fat, low sugar, this and that have usually have a lot of fiber. They, you know, might cause the person to feel fuller quicker Mm -hmm. versus something like, you know, peanut butter or like Mm -hmm. a, you know, energy bar or something. And then if the child doesn't like it, they're not going to eat it. And they'll probably not eat much at home Mm -hmm. in favor of going to that after-school activity that has a bowl of chips on the counter and they'll Mm -hmm. eat that instead. And so this is what happens. And I see this all the time in my practice. So it's not just what the research says. This is what happens. So Yep. No, hundred percent. So to wrap up the eight kids snacks that are shockingly unhealthy, my official review is boo to that. <laughs> Two boo. thumbs down. Bad advice. Yeah. <laughs> You've I failed. remember, I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine whose mm-hmm. daughter was probably around like 10 or 11 at the time. And it was just kind of off 
offhand sort of talking about how she's trying to get her daughter to expand her, her, you know, her variety and eating options. And I observed her making a completely separate meal for her daughter every night, you know, every day, every, Mm -hmm. so she said, you know, one of the snacks that she's totally into right now, which my gosh, they're just devoid of any nutrition at all is those sugar snap peas. And I just like, I was speechless. I was like, sugar in the word. No, I think she just somewhere, and this was before social media was what it is. This was like mm. eight years ago, I would guess. Somewhere she got the message that because they taste sweet, because they have carbohydrates in them, mm. they are devoid of any valid nutrition. It's and enjoyable, I'm sure it, so it must be bad. Oh my gosh. I was like, one of your child's favorite snacks is a vegetable and you're that's still not good enough. Like, what do you want this kid to eat? And this, again, this starts from that fear-based messaging for parents that you've got, Oh, that's not good for your kid. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, actually give those to her every day. They have iron in them. They've got some protein fiber. They're good. Like they're teaching her the vegetables can taste good. Like, okay. (laughs) Dietitian stamp of approval for that. Yeah. What's next? You're going to hate spinach too. (laughs) Come on. Right. So I have, um, Okay, we could keep going all day. Like yeah. you said, we'll we'll do another one. I have one more that I want one to more. rail on. Okay. More of it. Okay. Is this the one I think it is? Yes. This is right. Paul Saladino, Carnivore. We're just gonna MD burn it all 2. down 0. at the end here. Yeah, this throw a match on it. This guy put out so he <laughs> he um his shtick is all about like anti-seed oils, high consumption of meat and protein, and he rails against like processed foods. So this guy went into Dell's Children's Hospital in Austin, Texas, I believe it was, and made this TikTok going through their cafeteria and saying he starts it off by saying, um, the the healthcare industry and system does not care what they feed you and they don't care what they feed your children. Let's go check this out. So already vilifying, okay, I'm not saying our healthcare system is perfect. It's far from it. I have a lot of opinions on that, but setting the stage for you already to be like, oh, I can't trust my child's doctor. Mm-hmm. or the hospital I'm taking my child to yeah. any parent who has had to sit in a hospital with their child for anything, whether it's like a run of the mill cold that won't go away or whether your child has been diagnosed with a heartbreaking terminal condition. Mm-hmm. It is the last thing a parent needs is to not trust the healthcare system or to feel like their, their child is being poisoned in the mm-hmm. hospital with food. So he goes through this cafeteria and he picks apart like chicken fingers and fries and I can get a soda and I can get um, flaming hot Cheetos and I can get like he goes through and picks all this junk food. And I'm calling it junk food because that's what he talks about. Mm-hmm. Picks all of this food intentionally, puts it on a tray and he's like, this is what they're feeding your children. Well, first of all, that's not accurate because that's what you having- selected. <laughs> yes. And having worked in a hospital, the cafeteria food is generally there for visitors, parents, even the staff. Yes. So what they're sending to the hospital rooms and what's available on the room menu is can include those foods, but that is not all it includes. There's lots of different options. In his video, you can actually see a cooler with fruit and juices and ready-made sandwiches. Oh, he just walks past that. Like we're yeah. just going to ignore Very him. intentional selections. Yes. Yeah. Um, and can we just appreciate that it is really effing stressful to be either caring for sick children as a practitioner or parent, or mm-hmm. to be in that situation where your child is in a hospital, mm-hmm. having some comfort food or having something quick that you know will taste good, that you know is accessible. Like, I'm not going to criticize anybody for choosing some yeah. fries and chicken tenders if that's what tastes good to you or your child in right. that moment. And I think it's really it's really deplorable that he went through and made this video and yeah. 
he's gotten raked across the coals, rightfully it's, so. It's disgusting. It's it's just yeah. it's just disgusting. I mean, first of all, like, you know, if you have a child who's really sick, right? Like really sick, any calories are important, right? Yes. Like like what can they and what will they eat? That's more important than the nutrient profile of anything because whatever they eat is going to give them energy that they can use to fight off, survive, whatever it is, right? Second of all, you got a kid who's like terminally ill. They don't get to have some like cake in their life, <laughs> right? Yeah. They don't get to have cookies and just like some stuff that's like just fun and pleasurable and that they enjoy. You have to deny them that like, fuck off. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, 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 what, what purpose do you think you're not serving any kind of purpose? Or you're only being an asshole. That's all you're doing is just being just, just deplorable, you mm -hmm. know? And it's, it's such a gross thing to, to like, even the idea is this such a self-serving, um, just disgusting idea. And then to go and do it. And I mean, I saw so many like stitches with this about just, I mean, people lighten him up, you know, dietitians, doctors, nurses. Uh, but mostly what I saw was parents who have had sick children in the hospital for extended periods. And just like, I mean, it was just the attitude was like, how dare you? Like, how yeah. dare you talk this way about a situation you obviously have zero understanding of. Right. And, uh, and demean or minimize or accuse parents of doing something like wrong, morally wrong, when they are just loving for and caring for their child. Like it's, it's, it's so gross. I, I, yeah. I don't want to say I, I hate this guy, but I hate what this guy does. And well, I might kind of hate this guy. <laughs> you know, there, there might be a piece of me that's right there with you because I just think it's, it's so low. Mm -hmm. I mean, really like, and this is where at the very beginning of the episode, you had made a comment, like maybe these people think that they're doing good things. This, this act, I can't reconcile with any goodwill. It's tough to get I just behind. can't, yeah. I can't understand where this person thinks this is helpful for anyone. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm really frustrated by it because then I see, then, then you will see parents that take this message and internalize it and go, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I should not be feeding my child these kinds of foods, especially if they have a terminal illness, I want to heal them through food mm -hmm. and they're filled with that messaging. So then they try and set like these, you know, sprouted toast with, you know, organic avocado and, you know, cucumber slices and whatever, you know, vegan bacon. <laughs> yeah. Vegan bacon in front of their kid. And their kid is like, can I just have an ice cream cone? Yeah. And can I just have something yeah. I like in my life that yeah. just sucks right now? <laughs> yeah. So that guy can, he can just continue to exist on the, as the scum on the butt oil of the health Social industry, media. because yep. I wish he, I wish he, he would just be silenced, but anyway, yep. that's why we do this, this, uh, discussion. So if yeah. you come across any of these videos and if it causes you to be like, oh my gosh, I thought this was okay for my child to eat. Or if it causes you to start really scrutinizing food labels or ingredient lists, or to the point where like foods that your child has enjoyed that you like we're, we're kind of a regular part of your routine. If you start like really ratcheting down, there's actually a term called almond moms, yeah. which <laughs> have you heard of that? It's yeah. a whole trend on social media. Almond moms are, you know, moms who have gleaned too much from diet culture and are yeah. now like helicopter parenting their child's eating habits. Don't be an almond mom. Well, like what's that. funny is watching a few of, uh, Slave cities videos. I saw comments that said, Oh, we have almond dads now. Yeah. No, we yeah. Are. Yeah. Nut job dad, more like it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I do want to highlight just real quick a few accounts to follow that yes. um, specifically highlight children's nutrition. I really like them. So there's Andy Does Healthy, 
There's Kids Eat in Color, Growing Intuitive Eaters, Feeding Littles, Happily Fed, and Abby's Kitchen. I will link all of these in our show notes so you can go and follow these people and unfollow, like retrain your algorithm. Mm -hmm. Let's unfollow the um, butt boils. The butt boils. Yeah. And just, just kind of uh, to just put this out there. So in, I think it'll air in September, uh, we're doing in August, we have uh, a guest who is a, um, Mm, yeah. a chef in a school kitchen. And so we're going to talk a lot and about- And a dietitian. And a dietitian. And yes. so we're going to talk a lot about like kids and nutrition in schools, which will kind of be similar maybe to like hospital nutrition, but um, it, it's going to be, I think, a really great um, episode and really enlightening on, because um, man, parents, these almond moms do really go hard on like school lunches and that kind yes. of stuff and and just need to find something else to do. Like- like, I know. I know. This is how you're spending your time. I mean, yeah. How uninteresting yeah. is your life? Yeah. Get a, Put some get a hobby. Something else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. We'll have Chef Brenda Waddles. She's my good friend, dietitian, chef. She can also explain like some of the regulations around school meals and why school meals really are faced with challenges that I can't even imagine trying yeah. to put meals into children. So that will be a great episode. Please um, yeah. watch out for that one. I mean, first off, you're cooking for hundreds of people. Yeah. So there's one. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to do better, Almond Mom? Yeah. Um, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Well, do you have um, a, uh, a meeting in the, in the mundane? mundane? Yeah. yeah. We we had, um, Matt and I had wanted to go camping in the mountains in Stanley, Idaho, which mm-hmm. is just a couple hours from Boise. It's beautiful. It's in the Sawtooths. It's, um, notorious for just having that like mountain range and lakes. And, you know, we haven't spent much time there. Well, it ended up like being rainy, cold. Eh, we changed our plans to the last minute. We went to this other place, um, that was still only a couple hours away. And we went to, um, Eastern Oregon And I just have to say the whole trip was, it was so spontaneous because we changed our plans at the last minute. And then we just kind of went with that. And we were Mm -hmm. like, let's just kind of, you know, I did a little bit of reading like for some hikes and different things that were available, but let's just kind of see where things take us. So we stopped at this great little place and had lunch on Friday on the way there, which is something we would never do. We just want to get to camp, right? We kind of just wandered and went with our own schedule, did whatever we wanted. We napped on Saturday. It was fantastic. And I, I think we both just came away from that trip feeling like, you know, the itinerary, the planning everything out and the sticking to, you know, seeing through something like packing the schedule with all the activities, just, Mm -hmm. it has a time and a place, but we just really enjoyed being together and just getting out of town we met a bunch of different campers. It was just a fantastic time and not attached to any very specific like schedule or objective. And so I think just that whole weekend was like, Heck yeah. my heart feels really full and just, it was wonderful. That's awesome. We didn't have to do, be doing anything super special, just yeah. hanging out, you know? That's awesome. great. Love it. Nice. Yeah. Um, for me, this was, I think this was last week. Um, <clears throat> I had gone to bed. I was super tired and gone to bed pretty early, which usually means I start waking up earlier. Um, it's like, I'd like to get more sleep. And my body's like, no, you just get up earlier now. Uh, <laughs> but I woke up at like, I think it was like 5.15 or something and tried to go back to sleep for uh, 20 or 30 minutes. And finally around like 5.45, ish, I was like, I guess I'll just get up and got up, made a pot of coffee, Sat down, you know, the house was quiet. You know, Sophie's usually up around 6.30, 6.45 if, you know, she sleeps late. And so I just sat for like 30 minutes in a quiet house in the morning, mm. right? Like there was no noise and just sat at the dining room table and slowly drank my coffee. And I don't think I was even really on my phone. I just kind of sat and was like, ah, this is a nice start to the day. Oh, nice. Just a little piece a little quiet, no demands, you know, like I wasn't working. I didn't have anything to do. No one was asking me for anything. And it's just like, I just got to sit here uninterrupted (laughs) for 30 minutes. (laughs) And it was really nice. (laughs) 
I love that. Yeah, it's a good little moment. There's well, and that was part of what Matt and I really liked about this weekend is there were moments. I mean, I had a book with me, but mm-hmm. there were moments where we just sat and yeah. just, you know, listen to the birds or like yeah. just kind of hang out. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. It's like moments of just being very present, like moments mm-hmm. that you are in, right. It's easy to be in moments that you're like mentally somewhere else and preoccupation and worries and stress. But if you're in a moment where it's just like, no, I'm only here. It's, crazy how peaceful that can be and how good it is for your soul to like actually live in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank yeah. you for listening. Thank you. Uh, remember, uh, share, uh, you know, on your social media feeds or with someone in particular, you feel like this would be helpful, uh, review the podcast, rate the podcast, subscribe, all that stuff is super helpful. And we really appreciate everybody's support. So thank you yes. for that. Thank you. All right. Have a good one.